0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful Northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the beautiful and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two hour live program that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, what's going on in the news media, popular culture, everything else. And we are always on from noon until two on Sundays, or typically that. But you can always find out when we're going to be broadcasting if you subscribe over at subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio. radio. It's just two ninety nine a month and you help support the program. So a lot of a uh, lot of cool stuff going on this week that we've gotta bring up. A lot of it revolves around well, there's the coming gubernatorial election. In Virginia, which has been a source of, personally for me, absolute hilarity when it comes to not only because I live in Virginia, so, you know, I kind of have some stake in the game here, um, but also just because of the wonderful juxtaposition of being able to take a look at what it's like when a Democrat tries to run in a race now, uh, and they basically bring in people from all over the country. That aren't from the state with which they're trying to represent, because that is is—that is the new Democrat Party. The new Democrat Party is a bunch of falsified celebrities that they want to march around in front of you, and it has just been, I would say, gaffe after gaffe after gaffe. Um, I don't even know a lot about Glenn Youngkin, the the Republican candidate for governor in Virginia. But what I do know is that if people in Virginia vote for Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, then I've lost faith in this state.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> Not only is it because of some of the things that like, obviously we can't show you because we're audio only, but there's like right. hilarity of uh, bad dancing videos. Terry McAuliffe deciding that, oh, like I'm going to dance for people because they think that's so neat, Uh, which is just, uh, it's the level of cringe that we have come to expect um, from the left. But then, you know, additional things like bringing out Stacey Abrams this week, Uh, because when I think about a good idea in politics, it's bring out Stacey Abrams, the Mm. Former smut novelist who ran for governor, lost, and then uh, claimed that uh, the racisms stole the election from her.
2: Yeah. Oh, that the racism is... It was... Well, it's one of these things that the, it is becoming... So, if it's not obvious to you already, well, you might be retarded. But it's obvious to almost everyone that the Democrats are using and probably have always used fears about racism as basically a way to as is that's their version of don't look at the man behind the curtain nope 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 just it's racism ooh ah scary racism like don't don't actually look at what we're doing do not do not look at our agenda and uh, where we want to push this country just be concerned about racism and vote for us
0: well and and it, 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 to to the additional fact here, uh, because this is what was actually super annoying. So he's had Hillary Clinton. He's had Stacey Abrams and uh, uh, he has himself. Terry McAuliffe has had them all out there on a stage. Now, just to give you a background, Stacey Abrams believes that her 2018 election was stolen. Uh, Hillary Clinton believes that her 2016 uh, loss was stolen. And Terry McAuliffe believes that the 2000 presidential election and the 2004 presidential election were stolen. Mm. Now, you you might be seeing a pattern here. And that pattern is, is that the Democrats have consistently claimed that any election loss that they've had, especially for president for the majority of the time that I've been uh, able to vote, they have claimed that it's been stolen. And I don't recall anyone saying that it was a threat to democracy, that the world was literally going to end. And my God, how can we possibly uh, say such things? Mm-hmm. Which is what I just, I mean, obviously, right? It's its the same dumb thing of like, of course, Democrats are always going to claim that their election losses were stolen. Republicans are going to sit there and be like, my God, the Democrats are so dumb. And then when there's things that look really suspicious, like 106% of people voting in a precinct, you know, middle of the night drops of thousands of ballots that only seem to go to one candidate. And that's Joe Biden. What basically happened, it seems in this last election is people go, this looks really suspicious. I think maybe the election was stolen and Republicans went, well, we don't want to sound like the Democrats.
2: Yeah. Ooh.
0: Cuz need I remind you, there was a massive investigation for the 2000 presidential election. We got nothing looking into 2020. Yeah. I'm just saying it makes me angry, especially because because what's happening now is you get a lot of Republican commentators that are basically saying just, oh, my God, just stop. Just stop. Move on. Oh, my God, just stop. No. Like, regardless of how you feel about the election, I'm not going to stop talking about all of the suspicious stuff that happened with regards to the election for a couple of reasons that actually have nothing to do with the evidence itself. One. I'm not going to stop talking about it because I never actually saw a court trial that wasn't a judge going, I'm not going to hear this. Yeah. And yeah, that was a big one. Number two, the visceral reaction towards anybody literally talking about it, looking into it or protesting it suggests to me of a fear of what people might find More so than people, because that's the end of the day. They don't think it's actually a threat to democracy. They don't think that there's anything untoward about investigating an election and thinking it might be stolen. Democrats do that all the time. So it must be, oh God, we can't have them looking into it. Yeah. Because the simpler thing would be, to be honest, what we do every time the Democrats do that. They scream that it was stolen. We go, that's dumb. You're an idiot. And they go, I'm taking it to court. We go, okay, this should be fun. Yeah. I mean, simple as that, right? But yeah. we don't get that. We get, oh my God, you can't even talk about it. Uh, domestic terrorism. Yeah. So to be honest, I'm pretty sure pre- pretty sure they stole it. Anyway, <coughs> I'm bringing this I up. I mean,
2: so unbelievably obvious that it was that it was a fraudulent election it's ridiculous well and ah and this is the worst part when we say when i say fraudulent that it was a fraudulent election it was subverted at levels where they might they didn't even necessarily do anything illegal they just did stuff that was they did stuff that was wrong but not in many cases technically illegal well The voter fraud was was at a point that it was very easy to hide it. So it's things like, oh, we're going to have people go into nursing homes and then fill out all these all these ballots to really help out the poor old people and fill them all out for Joe Biden. Oh, we're just it's like, oh, we're going to have all these people counting the ballots. And, uh, you know, oops, they just all counted them all for Joe Biden. It was not one thing. So if it was, oh, they subverted this one thing. That won in the election. That would be easy to find, but they were smart about it and they subverted everything about the election to a small extent. And so it was this sort of broad spectrum assault on the election. In all of these little vulnerabilities across every state, it was a giant coordinated campaign. We know that it was because we know who was involved. They admitted it. There's an entire article, Times article that lays out the entire plan for getting their people into local voting voting centers, subverting local election laws. How many? Like st- think of all the state governments, the Democrat state governments that passed crazy voter voting changes. Right on the eve of the election, which were many of them were now set, were, are now being said are, oh, that was unconstitutional based on the state constitution when you did that, but the election result still stands. They did all of these little things and it ended up with the election was subverted. It's actually rather terrifying to really look into it because you realize the amount of broad political power – And essentially social control the Democrats can leverage. They have legions of activists that are stuck inside the U.S. bureaucracy and administrations from the local, state, and federal level across everywhere. They were able to pull it off because they were leveraging assets across the entire country. And we have nothing that even compares to that level of reach. And that's what's horrifying about how they pulled this off. And that's probably why a lot of conservatives – do not want to talk about the election, because if the election was meddled with in the ways that we know it was meddled with, the end result is, is almost too terrifying to comprehend. You're like, well, what hope is there possibly if they can do that, if they can do all of this across the board in all of these states, then we're screwed. And that is exactly what they did. And we are kind of screwed. And it's the it, it should be used as a massive wake up call. But like the vast majority of especially establishment conservatism, the entire focus and goal is to withdraw from politics and not have – and not have to worry about it. And anything that allows that to happen is the politics of the conservative movement. And that is incredibly frustrating. It's the same reason why a lot of people didn't like Trump. They're like, well, but – Trump makes me, Trump is dragging me into political conversations, and I want to just focus on building my retirement fund. And that's why they hated Trump. They didn't hate the policies. They hated the fact that he was making them uncomfortable. It's the same as talking about the election being meddled with. It makes people uncomfortable, and it caused them to have annoying conversations, and so they would rather the election have been subverted and them having lost than having to do anything about it. The like and think and that's it's incredibly short sighted, but it betrays the actual principles and actual values of the vast majority of mainstream conservative pundits and politicians. They would rather not have to do anything than do something. They would rather the Democrats be allowed to win election after election, than uh, through fraudulent means than having to Actually put in any work and do something about it. The real principle and value of the vast majority of the conservative movement is doing nothing and, and is just focusing on your is selfishness is selfishness and doing nothing. Being able to say I have these politics. Therefore, I don't have to actually be active in politics. That's the whole point. What do you think libertarianism is all about? It's just it was only it's only ever people that are like, I don't want to have to take a political side. I don't want to have any responsibility to the to any political party or system. So I'm going to adopt whatever I have to so that I can so that I can justifiably say that I'm not doing anything so I can justify sitting on my laurels and focusing on anything but the actual political situation in the United States.
0: Right, and the reason why we're bringing this up is because uh, Virginia has an early gubernatorial election. Um, Well, it's funny because the the left-wing media is trying to set this as, this is the stage for what the future will look like. Now, understand that that's already loaded because uh, Virginia has been pretty blue for a while, and so it's a lie. Um, The reason why it's a lie is... If you go by the standard track record, then the Democrats going to win the gubernatorial election where an upset would occur is if a Republican won what they're already trying to do. And so you understand how this analysis works. The reason why you might be seeing claims that Virginia is going to be the bellwether is to actually cushion the fact that most likely if Terry McAuliffe wins the governor's seat in virginia it will be by a slim margin but they'll be able to scream that it's a larger victory Mm. because sneaky very sneaky like that's the whole it's a bellwether they're trying to make a slim electoral victory sound far bigger than it is because a slim electoral victory in the gubernatorial race in virginia for a democrat is actually it, it is a bellwether It means they're not doing well, because to be honest, there's a high likelihood that a Democrat will win the governorship in Virginia. But there is enough of a chance, especially given current politics, that the Republican might win, which Mm. would be a huge upset. But the Democrats know that the highest likelihood is that Terry McAuliffe will win And then they'll be able to say, see, it's a bellwether. Democrats are doing so well. Another Trump candidate loss. Yeah. So So
2: essentially Mm -hmm. it's, it's the plan is any chance they have to try and demoralize regular Americans into doing nothing.
0: They're going to take it. Mm. I would look at it actually from a different perspective. I think. Okay that um, it's not about demoralizing other Americans. I think that this goes back to the fact that the Democrats are uh, being obsessive about needing to energize their base because their base is not.
2: Ah, okay. I see, yeah. Because, because that, a, a blue we, state we voting a Democrat doesn't
0: demoralize Republicans.
2: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, in a way, me, it would... If you're trying to bring, create the perception amongst Republicans that they're that they've
0: already lost, so why even try? Well, yes, yeah, which is a normal tactic in elections. You are you are correct. Yeah, that that's what they that's, do with the polls. I guess that
2: was my uh,
0: yeah. Sorry, that's, that's I, what I, I was gonna point at. Yeah, I misinterpreted and HD cynicals jumping in for you saying, why not both? Like, yeah, no, uh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, why not both? That That is actually a very common tactic. You see, we already know that polls heavily sample Democrats and they put it out to kind of do the like, see, Republicans, you don't even have a chance. Isn't there something better you could be doing on Tuesday?
2: Or, I mean, it would also just be it's like, see, your side is so unpopular. Mm-hmm. You should. Like, you should stop give give up that. and don't actually try to do anything. You're you're in the minority. You're marginalized. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Right. And I think right. that is. I mean, that's a very attack If I was them, that's ex- that's exactly how I want them to think. So it's not surprising they would want
0: that for us. Right. Now, what's fascinating is, uh, you know, there there were speeches that came, and and uh, Barack Obama showed up, which I'm not gonna lie is very surprising um because i i need need i remind people we didn't see obama uh come out and stump for biden no but he's gonna come out and stump in virginia for a governor which is i i think that this is very suggestive that uh mcauliffe's not doing well because to drag you know Obama out from sitting on the board at Netflix and you know sitting in his millions dollar mansion, um, right. that says something. Because Obama didn't even come out for Biden, really. You know the actually always
2: was curious that um, that he was so so not present for the whole Biden run.
0: Well, that's semi a data point that I would actually put towards the. You know potential of all the militia all the malice that was going on in the election. You know when you're somebody, when you're when you're a smooth operator like Obama, you keep your hands off of things that might potentially face uh, federal uh, inspection. If you're sure. basically sure. a nobody in it, then nobody's going to look under the hood. Yeah, it makes sense. But we we, we have several well i have a clip here from obama's speech and uh it's going to set the stage great for a lot of things that we're going to cover in the show here so real quick uh here's barack obama at terry mcauliffe's uh rally yesterday
1: we we don't have time to be wasting on these phony trumped up culture wars this fake outrage the, the right wing
2: media pedals to juice their ratings and the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead
1: of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people. That's a shame.
0: So the phony trumped up culture war and fake outrage that Barack Obama is referring to, um, is everything that's been going on at school boards. Oh, so j- huh. just, just, so you're aware Loudoun County, Virginia facing a current investigation Over the fact that uh, a girl was raped in a bathroom
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and the school board lied about it. That's come out as known. Uh, They were actually informed. That came out this week. Uh, They did know about it. They lied about it to people saying that uh, they knew nothing about it and they had the father arrested. Great. But that's phony fake outrage. Trumped up charges or tr- trumped up right wing media things. Now, yeah, what's, what's interesting is I-, I can actually disprove Obama's feelings from the left. Can you? Um, this is a clip uh, that came in. It's uh, It's going to be a little little hairy trying to get through it because I want to make sure that the advertisements don't blow up. So, Alan, you might hear a little bit of audio, but hopefully the audience doesn't. Um, But this this comes from the local Virginia morning show of uh, WMAL. Um, And as soon as this uh, ad is over, because I couldn't clip the audio well, Um, but this is hosted on WMAL's morning show, which is hosted by Larry O'Connor. And so this is a caller who's calling in from Virginia, who is at the Loudoun County school board meeting to talk about. What was going on with some of the um, books that they found, I guess, like in the library, pornographic books, sexual books in like an elementary school library. And it's interesting because for something that's fake and trumped up, there's some fascinating audio here. Um, Here it is.
1: Let you guys know. Um, The last 48 hours of my life have been the worst 48 hours of my life. My family and my children and myself and my husband are under continuous threat since Monday night. And I spent um, the better part of yesterday with federal law enforcement and I spent the entire evening um, the night before with our local law enforcement because of the threats. and I think what's happening to my family now is that somebody and i don't know where this is coming from if it's coming from uh the left and you know this has to do with the election or if this is coming from the left and the lgbtq community and it has to do with the pornography um, but they're trying to intimidate me and they're trying to silence me and i think they intended to intimidate me to such a level that i wouldn't even attend the school board meeting last night The timing of these threats was not coincidental. Um, But I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to let the left do that to me. I went to the meeting last night, and something very interesting happened at the meeting. Um, You know, Merrick Garland spent all day testifying before Congress, um, and guess what happened at the meeting? We have our little protest out front, like we always do, and we had a whole lot of feds show up. We had several unmarked federal uh, government vehicles there watching us and we had um dhs in marked vehicles and we had a helicopter overhead (laughs) so the helicopter circled for about 30 minutes while our protest was going on and they were shining their spotlight down on us and you know we're talking about a group of 25 uh parents and i would say the average age last night was about 60 (laughs) you know so we had some grandparents there and this is the threat We're the threat. This is what the government is so worried about that they have to send out some extra staff and big guns to a school board meeting and they've got to hire some thugs to start threatening my family and threatening my children. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's, it was so over the top last night and I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to stay silent. I'm not going to be threatened into some kind of submission. Um, so I'm, I'm, very stressed out, obviously, but yeah. you know, they're not going to win and I'm not going to stop. And the FCPS pride group that attended the meeting last night, which is, uh, run by Robert Rigby, we had to listen to several more of their speakers, get up and talk about how the LGBTQ students need to be made to feel included and how the right wingers are so mean and there's such hate coming from us and this has never been about that you know
0: so for something that Barack Obama claims is fake trumped up right wing stuff to just juice fox news's ratings then why did um why did Merrick Garland and why did Merrick Garland's DOJ and the Biden DOJ have to send out Uh, Department of Homeland Security vehicles to a school board meeting. Why was there a helicopter overhead? Why were there federal agents and vehicles at a school board meeting? If this is just something fake and trumped up and just it's all it just exists on Fox News.
2: Well, I don't know if you know
0: this, but Democrats lie (laughs) I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like what, what an amazing juxtaposition or not, not juxtaposition, but like what, a, what an amazing thing here, right? When speaking to Democrats, regular everyday Democrat voting Americans, they're going to say everything that you hear about these school boards is fake. It's all a lie yeah. made up by Fox news, but in the background, feds are showing up and I'm going to explain exactly why. They're not showing up because they think that the right wing is going to actually, you know, do anything. It's not because they think that there's going to be riots that break out. Um, Mostly because, well, in a sense, actually, they sort of shot themselves in the foot. Everybody saw um, and continues to see the political prosecution of people in January 6th. So a lot of these groups are very, very, very smart about how they conduct their protests now to give to basically uh, take away any excuse Uh, That these school boards have, and that their Democrat donors have, to try to throw them in jail for the next six months while they try to figure out charges that they can give them, right? Right now,
2: and so there's, mm -hmm. I was going to say there's two, um, there's sort of two prongs here on this. First is why would why would they send people to the to intimidate the school boards? Well, to try and intimidate people into not opposing the regime. Like, you could, you could advocate for your children, but look what happened to all these January 6th people. Do you want to end up like them? Which is incredibly evil and a sign of a deeply tyrannical government. But I digress.
1: <laughs>
2: then you have, why is Obama saying this? Obama is uh, saying this for the benefit of Democrats. Yeah. So that all of your Democrat voting American neighbors and coworkers can look at you and say, Oh, I've heard that, like, you know, all these crazy people at school boards... There's got to be like I saw Obama on the news. And why would he lie? He was an American president. He's he's obviously kind of trustworthy. He says it's no big deal. And now the and now you're on the back foot of the argument when you're trying to because now you're trying to like when say talking to them, you're trying to make the claims like, no, no, no. Obama lies all the time. He lied about that. He was on TV lying to your face. And that is a argument that you're not going to win with these people. And that's exactly why he did it.
0: And the reason why the feds are out there is because the feds are out there because explicitly uh, to, well, one, to intimidate the people that are there, of course. But also, uh, they're out there to basically make it to where the minute that anything good starts to happen, right? Anytime. let, let Let me frame it this way. Anytime a very good video clip is about to be created, which, one, is going to make Terry McAuliffe look bad, who's a, by the way, was a big financier of the Clintons, um, and that's why he got a position in, a, in Democrat politics, he bought his way through the Clinton machine, but... Anything that might threaten Terry McAuliffe, but even greater, because it's not just about the Virginia gubernatorial election, nationally, Loudoun County is opening a lot of people's eyes. Regular Americans are waking up. And we I always need to um, caveat this so people understand the difference between uh, political consultant thinking and actual realistic thinking. Political consultant thinking, so got people that are paid millions of dollars by politicians, will tell every single politician that the biggest demographic that they need to impress is suburban women. That is the winning demographic according to the political consultancy. So when you're a politician mm-hmm. right now, that, that's, that's the current right now, you think that anything that affects suburban women is is the thing you have to be the most concerned about. Well, guess what's affecting suburban women right now? It's their schools. It's the schools their children go to. And guess where a lot of these uh a lot of these right-wing activists are having huge successes with suburban women in regards to schools. That's the reason why the Democrats are worried about Virginia because that vote is unlikely to go towards Terry McAuliffe, the guy who said, No, I don't think parents should have a say in their children's education.
2: Now, I don't have children, but from your perspective as a parent, is there a baseline, regardless of politics, a just baseline level of skepticism regarding schools and school boards?
0: Yes. So the the current opera what what has happened is um It has transcended political lines. Schools have been put under a microscope by parents, not for political reasons, but because of everything that everyone watched over the last year. And then the subsequent this coming school year, Mm. all of the coronavirus policies. There are when you see something happening to your kid, it changes the dynamic greatly a lot of our kids were stuck at home because they couldn't go into school. Mm-hmm. We thought that that was kind of ridiculous, especially if you were a parent who had to go to work. Yeah. Then you had sc- you everybody's everybody started hearing schools talk about reopening. Hey, we're going to reopen. And a lot of parents went, Oh my God, good. Because my kid hates being stuck at home. He doesn't, you know, they don't get to see their friends. They don't get to go out and do anything. This is really stressful. This is hard on my child. And I want them to live like a kid. I don't want them stuck. Like plenty of parents don't want their kids stuck staring at a computer screen all day. And then the school went, guess what your kid's about to do for the next year? They're going to stare at a computer screen all day. It'll be fine. And a lot of kids did suffer. They did not learn well in that environment. So parents were so ready for schools to reopen. Who was the one group? Because schools were like, hey, we're going to reopen because a ton of governments were like, yeah, we got to get the hell out of this. It's bad for us. What was the one group that got in the way? The teachers union. You had so many states to include here in Virginia and so many counties that were like, We're going to reopen schools. Then you heard that your local uh that, that your local uh teachers union or the national teachers union showed up and was like, Wait, 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 we don't wanna and then the school boards all had to respond with, We're gonna wait a second, we need to think about this a little bit more and every single parent knew it was because the teachers unions didn't wanna do it. Yeah. And so that resulted in what I saw a lot with parents going to school boards were parents going in front of school boards saying, you need to reopen. My child is suffering. You need to stop these mask mandates. My child is suffering. You're hurting my kid. And those school boards responded with, we don't give a shit about anything you say. This union over here says, Otherwise, based on nothing and no, because these parents came with science, they had doctors that testified in front of them. A lot of public people saw doctors saying this is stupid and bad. Stop doing it. But then a teacher's union said, uh, well, we disagree and we don't care that that's a doctor. Oh, and also every Democrat politician. Came out and said, if you don't agree with this, you're an idiot. So they told every single parent that they were stupid for caring about their kid. They said their kid was an idiot. They said that you were an idiot for caring. And they said that your kid was basically lying.
2: All in the name of COVID. Yep. Which I think I always keep coming back to is they're doing all of this because COVID And when you look into the actual realities of covid, none of it seems to be justified. It's not this is not the black plague that's killing off half the population or anything even remotely like that. It's it's covid is nothing. It's like a bad bad if it's at worst a bad flu year. And we and, and it's totally disproportionate to everything they're doing. And it's it is so obvious that that is the case. That means – which makes their insane insistence on pushing these absolutely ludicrous measures that people hate and are detrimental and damaging to them and, their, and, the, and these institutions and their own credibility. The fact that they are trying to push this so hard in a, for something that makes no sense is shocking. It's well, shocking that they're doing this for something that is so easily recognizable as not worth it. Well, and it betrays that they have an ulterior motive that, that there's no other explanation the realities of covid do not justify absolutely anything we have been subjected to over the past like year and a half they do not it is none of it has been justified at all and it just proved and it's and it's not even hidden it's easily provable that it's not justifiable that none of it's been justified and it that in and of itself makes the best possible case that COVID is simply a means to an end for people that have an ulterior motive and a much bigger plan for transforming the country.
0: Right. Well, and that's exactly it It is, is the, the reason for it. And as, as I'm, I'm sure you're aware is just that these people, um, COVID's the perfect excuse for them to do everything that they've wanted to do with very little pushback. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of the reality of it. Um, it they were able to do everything that they've wanted to do with very little pushback. And so that, that's exactly why this is happening. Um, they're just using yeah. it as an excuse, which is also why they don't ever want it to go away. Things have been wildly convenient if you're a Democrat because you can push through insane things, shame your opposition by saying that they're going to kill grandma or what the hell ever you want. It's just yeah. it, it it's all it, it's all of that. But back to the call and everything with this with this woman, you had all of these feds out. And, and like I said, the whole reason for this is. Democrats are going to lie to their own voters and say that it's not happening. Oh, if you see the video, it's just a lie. It's made up by Fox News because you can't have Democrat voters seeing other parents that are out there pointing this stuff out. I, I People may understand it, but it was a massive wake up moment for a lot of people in this country when the not not just. The protests back in May and and the arguments that were occurring at the school board in Loudoun County when those got national attention back in May already woke a lot of parents up. Then they went into the next year and their own school boards were being completely like ridiculous and uh, unmanageable. Uh, A lot of them were saying, oh, we're not holding public meetings, you know, and all of this other stuff when parents because understand these protests that are happening at school boards are not single issue uh, subjects. Pe- the right. the left is going to try to make the Loudoun County dad getting arrested. Oh, it's about transgenders. No, it was about his daughter being raped. And it was about the fact that the school covered it up because it was a transgender student who committed the rape and they wanted to pass a new policy with regards to transgender students. By the way, that's provable by the statement you just heard from that woman on the phone. Because they had a whole bunch of LGBTQ activists that were out there to counter anything that was being said by these parents. So yeah. the left at one point is saying this has nothing to do with the fact that it was a transgender student, except there's LGBTQ organizations that are making sure to show up to the exact same school board and defend the LGBTQ community. So make sense of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's because it is kind of about that. You co- it's why you covered it up. Mm-hmm. Secondarily, <clears throat> sorry, secondarily, this isn't a, it's not a single issue thing. This isn't just parents uh, protesting, uh, say, boys and girls bathrooms. It's right. parents that have found literature in libraries that are really shocking. Very pornographic, very sexualized for elementary school students. It's parents who are upset over mask mandates. It's parents who are upset over proposed uh, vaccine mandates or the way that their children are being treated or the fact that one of the similar things that's happening here. A lot. We have a huge transportation problem. In our county, because COVID happened and they laid off all the bus drivers <laughs> and then the schools reopened and they don't have enough now. Womp womp. And you have kids that have to wear masks all the time. You have very <sighs> confusing you have very confusing guidance. Do the kids pull their mask down and put a piece of food in and pull their mask back up? Why is Timmy getting yelled at all the time? He doesn't like to wear his mask. It makes him uncomfortable because he's a freaking child. Well,
2: and, and just like everyone else. Yep. When I When I'm, say, flying and I'm walking through airports or sitting on an airplane where I have to wear a mask... I will carry around an empty cup of coffee and if anybody looks at me with my mask, oh, no, I'm just – I'm I'm still drinking this, still drinking it because everybody goes out of their way to get around these stupid rules. When people make stupid rules, it is the natural human inclination to try and bypass the stupid rule, to find some loophole or workaround because everyone knows it's a stupid rule. It's like – If I, when I walk into a restaurant, is it, oh, I have to, it's so super duper important that I wear my mask the five feet from the entry in the restaurant to sitting down. Everyone knows that's utterly retarded. And so you just kind of start making excuses and figuring out ways to not get, not, oh, I forgot. Oh, I'll pull, pull my mask up. Oh, oh, you're right. Oh, now I'm sitting down. So it's back off my face. Is it no wonder that kids would be doing the same thing in schools? Like think of your kids, like. If there's a stupid rule, they're already going to probably be trying to get around it, and so they're going to do it in schools, which means schools have to then ramp up the, like, level of aggression towards these kids because now you're trying to, A, make them sit still, do things they don't want to do already, and then all this mask bullshit – And all the kids can see through it just like you can see through it. And they're going to start – Then they're, of course, going to try and get around wearing the mask and pulling it off and just simply out of rebellion. And so we're setting –
0: like we're setting ourselves up for for failure here. Well, and and to to that same point, you know, we complain about it, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like you just said, the five feet to walk to my table and like all this other stuff – utterly retarded. The, the the dynamic absolutely changes when it's being done to a child. It it elevates it like it, yeah. to be to be you can kind of abuse me a lot. Uh, I I I I will deal with a lot to just get through something. My sure. patience for stupidity towards my kids um things change very dramatically and very quickly. And it's the same for all parents. And so imagine, well, Well, and and, if, mm -hmm.
2: and if we're asking children to respect and be, to be respectful of what adults are telling them to respect and obey adults, because we do ask that of children, We then have to be very responsible about the rules that we're asking children to follow, because if we're asking them to follow stupid rules, then kids are inevitably going to say going to come to the conclusion of I should not respect or should not respect or listen to any of these adults. And it's like that's what these that's what kids are being taught in schools now is don't respect or listen to any of these adults because they're all idiots and they are enforcing things that are obviously ridiculous. Right. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's a really good thing to break this – to break the... – but I, I don't know. It does not seem that positive for a generation of kids to grow up thinking that everyone older than them is an idiot. Right. Like that just doesn't seem like that's going to deliver us into anything other than more civil strife.
0: Right. And, and so that's that's the whole deal there, right, is – is that that's what's really – frustrating a lot of these people and they're they're seeing how their kids are being treated they're seeing how it makes no sense they know that there's no logic teachers aren't even like that like they're not a hundred percent they're well we have to because it's 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 the county policy to talk to the school board
2: my union said that i have to enforce these policies
0: yeah And, and so that's what's happening and that's the amazing part is, like I said, it's a it's a huge win against the left because the left is pushing all of this because it's their huge power play. So point is, that's why they're sending the feds out. They have the feds there. So if, you know... Some mom gets up there, makes an impassioned speech that's amazing and would resonate really well. The feds can tackle her at the microphone and call her a domestic terrorist. And that gives big tech the excuse to not let anyone share the video that would change voters' minds and show them just how ridiculous the left is and how abusive they're going to be towards your kids. Yeah. That's why the feds are there. And here's a great example. A lot of people have probably seen liberals trying to share the story of a female school board member who's just being so harassed in Florida. And this is why Merrick Garland needs to call these evil, awful parents domestic terrorists because this poor woman is getting threats.
2: Oh, no, not threats for this woman. Oh, that's just the worst. I'm super, super sad about that.
0: <laughs> well, and, and let me let me point out the very easy fact of everybody claims that they're – like we even heard the woman on this call say that she's being – everybody says that they're threatened when they take a political stance. Every single person. So at a certain point, it's not novel. Like, I don't want right. to mean – but it's not novel. Oh, somebody sent you a mean email? Yeah, that, that is it's what happens, man. That's the world we live in. Now, the veracity of it, like this woman being harassed by a bunch of leftists, I believe because I've watched leftists try to break people's doors down, sit in front of their homes, threatening them. I've literally seen many examples of that. The harassment I've seen from the right might be a few people protesting. But they're going to share, like, an email or a tweet and be like, oh, my God, see how scary it was? Anyway, the point of that is in Florida, in the school district that this story comes from, where this poor woman is just being so harassed. Well, what they leave out is the fact that one, Governor DeSantis, took away the mask mandates in schools and this—oh, the horror! This school board said, uh, "We don't care. Screw your kids." Yeah, and so they enforced a mask mandate, and this pissed off a lot of people. What makes it even more I- insane, as Christina uh, Pushaw, who's the press secretary of. Ron DeSantis says the Brevard school board member who has been telling the media nonstop about the threats she receives forgot to mention this part. And here's the part. A. Parents of a disabled student who has Down syndrome. Uh, had her come home recently and found out that for six weeks their disabled daughter would go to school and the teachers would tie a mask to her face. Yeah. Be- Probably and- because she kept taking it off.
2: Yeah. so And because they- it's so super duper important. Like, imagine the mentality of this, of whoever did this at the school to sit there and look at this nonverbal Down syndrome child and th- sit and think, taking off their mask and think, well it's so incredibly important that I make, that I force this child to wear this mask that I am going to tie it to her face rather than just look and go. I mean, seriously, I have a room full of special needs students. Is it really that important that, that like the mat, but getting them to wear a mask is literally the least important thing that we need actually need to do here. Right? Like is uh, no one's going to be in danger. Let's all be honest. Like, come on, it's wearing a mask. Look, I would understand maybe if they if they had some policy like if like the the special ed teacher you'd think would be like okay I'm gonna kind of reformat things so that the that my kids don't have to leave the classroom as much because getting them to wear a mask is already hard enough we're just gonna like fly beneath the radar and be maskless in our classroom because let's be honest like trying to get. normal kids to wear masks all day is probably a huge challenge. Trying to get special needs kids to wear masks all day is probably even more difficult. So just – it would have been so much easier to try and find a way where you could abandon that stupid rule – But it seems like the height of insanity to then think, actually, you know what we should do? I know. Let's horrifyingly tie this to their face. In fact, why even do that? Let's just tie their hands behind their back so they can't move it. End up, we'll put them in a straitjacket all day. We're being nice to these kids. We're saving their lives from coronavirus. It's insane that anyone thought this. Yeah. Like, really? Who was looking at – what teacher – Was looking at COVID and said, I mean, seriously, it's such a big problem. And the masks are absolutely the solution that it's worth it to abuse a Down
0: syndrome child. Yeah. The parents were (sighs) outraged by this because she came home wearing a mask that was tied to her. And it was completely soaked in her own saliva. Because she has Down syndrome. So you basically have a wet cloth over the nose and mouth of your daughter all day.
2: Absolutely insane.
0: Like, no, it's fine. We're just going to waterboard your kid because of the fucking woo flu.
2: Yeah, and it makes it so much worse that it's a nonverbal Down syndrome child. Yeah, Like, you could, it's just, like, maybe with a regular, with a, a, a fully capable child. You could say they could at least partially understand, but did this girl even understand why she was being abused? Why they were doing this horrible, uncomfortable thing to her that she then couldn't fix and why they would yell at her when she tried to take her mask off. It's like, I just, it seems like it's so much more abusive to do it, to do it to people that can't understand what's going on. And yet some monster of a teacher looked at this poor girl and went, yes, it is totally worth it. It is totally a good thing for me to do to abuse this child. I, I, there's no excuse for this. And it's like at this point, you just want to be like, no, like the the school and this teacher are incredibly lucky that this father simply chose to complain because it, in cases like this if, this, if the father did something more extreme, I certainly would look and go, yeah,
0: oh, that's justified. Yeah, no, yeah. good for him. You, they're, they're abusing your kid. Yeah. They're abusing your kid. That's what's happening. Yeah. And that's why they
2: have the feds out there, because they know they're abusing their kids, and they know people are justifiably going to demand recompense, and they desperately need
0: to frighten them into submission. Exactly. Now, <clears throat> so so that's just one segment, right? Just 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 to kind of refresh everybody's memory about the adventure we just took. Uh, everything we just talked about, according to President, you know, former President Barack Obama at Terry McAuliffe's rally yesterday, uh, everything we just said is all just made up. It's all just phony outrage uh, made up on uh, to boost Fox News's ratings. Don't believe. Your lying eyes. Hmm. Now, what's amazing about that is <laughs> let's let's uh, let's go a little further down the propaganda. Don't believe your lying eyes. Um, a lot of we, we had Joe Dolio on the program uh, last week to discuss. Uh, well, we talked about supply chains, but we discussed, you know, survival and and things that you can do. Uh, to try to prepare prepare yourself uh, for having to live completely independent outside of, you know, an existing government, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and this was predicated on the idea of like, there's all these supply chain issues that are going on. There's a bunch of boats that are just sitting off the coasts. They're not able to deliver goods, and uh, we're not getting any any reasonable reaction from. Uh, the Biden White House. In fact, his transportation secretary uh, was on leave because him and his husband bought a baby. Um, So, Mm. to make matters worse, um, the other day, this obviously was a question that was asked on Tuesday at a press briefing about the supply chain issues. And let's just be honest, This is this is the reaction that the White House gave. This is Jen Psaki, the press secretary for the president of the United States. Uh, This is how she interprets the supply chain issues that you guys are seeing. Just a question on the timing uh, on the supply chain issue.
1: Yeah.
2: um, Actions that the president has taken. It it was clear in March of 2020 when covid hit that, that the supply chains across the world have been disrupted even as as the sort of work to fight back against covid proceeded people it was it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain people couldn't get dishwashers and and furniture and treadmills delivered on time not to mention all sorts of other things so why the is the
1: tragedy it- of the short, the treadmill that's delayed
2: right, the tra-
0: right. the tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed Yeah. Yeah. Grocery stores that don't have food. The tra- uh, tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed. Because it's also not just that. It's things that the
2: entire U.S. economy hinges on. Like how many of our big semi-trucks require certain spare parts to mm-hmm. stay operational on the road? And those parts are many times made in China. Like when we're talking things like transmission components those are very important those are important to keep all the rest of the supply chain running how i mean so much american manufacturing has been offshored to places like china that we require all of these critical parts to come in on big container ships essentially this is this is <laughs> do you really remember who baghdad bob was yes <laughs> He, during the Gulf War, while U.S. troops were marching into Baghdad, the Iraqi propaganda minister was going on TV and saying, No, no, like all the reports of Americans entering the the capital are false. We have the situation perfectly under control. Like, while you hear on the video, like explosions outside, like, everybody remain calm. Just remain calm. Things are totally under control. This is a similar level of just hilarious lying from the regime like the, the white house press secretary is trying to deflect so hard from the massive supply chain issues that you almost it, it's it's insulting to regular americans that this is what they're trying to do instead of saying yes this is a problem and we're on top of it they're chastising you for being upset about it and claiming that it's
0: selfishness that you want your business to keep running it's funny that you say that because there was a Baghdad Bob moment at that same press briefing. Excellent. Um, because Saki had a reaction to the backlog at U.S. ports and why it's happening. And and this was this was her response to why it's occurring. Thanks, Jen. Um,
1: I just want to follow up on, on the supply chain that you just said was uh, you were seeing some serious progress on that. Front. So a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, There. So the port of Long Beach yesterday saw this new record broken 100 vessels at anchor waiting to enter normally pre COVID. They're seeing 17 ships uh, give or take at anchor. Is the president satisfied today on where things stand? The president is satisfied that progress continues to be made. And one of the reasons that uh, there has been uh, so much traffic uh, in a lot of these ports is because there are more goods that are being ordered by people across the country. People have more. Uh, money, expendable resources, uh, their wages are up. More people are working than they were a year ago. Uh, and if you, and port to port, it's different. But statistically, some of these ports have 20%, 30% increased volume.
0: As a So as she says, oh, no, the supply chain issues are happening because people are buying more things because wages are up and more people are going to work oh than a year ago. When the entire economy understand this, I'm, I'm always going to remind the audience of this because I want everyone to remember the basis for economics for the Biden administration is based off of when the economy was completely locked down. Every number that they use, because remember, we had some of the most economic success that this country has ever seen so, and, and the most employment success that this country had seen under Donald Trump. But then we did the lockdowns for coronavirus so that the Biden administration will take one of the worst economic situations that this country has ever faced when we locked down over COVID and go, look at how much better we're doing than when we forced you all into your homes. Understand that because think about this for a second. Look at this with some just a little turn on the little critical thinky bits in your head. The supply chain issues are because of the increase of wages, jobs, and goods being ordered over a year ago when everybody was locked down and a huge amount of Americans were facing extreme economic uncertainty. The market crashed because of that economic uncertainty. People were laid off from their jobs. But... So, so that was her comparison. Oh, it's way up from that specific point a year ago when things were awful and people weren't sure what the hell was happening. But it's not back to where it's been every single year before. That's how it's a yeah. complete lie. That's how it's absolutely a complete lie. People don't have more money in their pockets today than they did two freaking years ago. The U.S. ports haven't returned to business as usual. But she's saying, oh, it's way better than when we literally locked them down. Oh, there's so many more goods coming into these ports. And their businesses are far up as compared to when they were closed. Yeah. And they do this because the media will not call them out. Yeah. Now, we're an hour into the program, and I'm going to take this opportunity uh, to push something out. It is not a sponsor, Uh because we are not taking money. But a friend of ours, who we served in Afghanistan with, decided that he was going to do the thing that um, some people like to do, which was open a coffee company. And for those of you who don't know, um, I basically live on coffee. Now, I decided that I was going to, uh, I was teasing him a little bit and said, I want to try your coffee. And if it's good, I'll talk about it on my show. But I'm not going to give garbage to my audience. So I was being a little bit mean, but we can do that. When you've been to war together, you can be a jerk to your friends. Well, he sent me some. And so I want to take the chance to encourage everybody to go help a friend of mine and Alan's out. Because he named it after our team in Afghanistan. Oh. And so it's Jackal Coffee. And that's spelled J-A-C-K-L. JackalCoffee.com I happened to order the Cowboy Blend. And I'm going to be honest. I am being honest because I could have easily just been like, I'm not going to talk about it. It's actually really good coffee. I actually really enjoy it. And I'm actually very proud of my buddy for putting in a lot of the hard work, talking to me a little bit about what he's doing, what he's planning on doing. So if you like it, I highly recommend it in the chat. I'm going to put the link out there. It's a 1650 for a bag. You can do a subscription and get it up there. Um, I actually like it. I had a subscription to another coffee company uh, that was bringing me coffee. No, it wasn't Black Rifle because I'm not a cuck. Um, and I have since ended that subscription and am exclusively subscribing to my friend's coffee company. I have no financial interest in this, but I enjoy it. also, Alan, we're going to have a bag sent out to you so you can give me your opinion as well. Oh, yay. But it's very, it's, I like it because it is, it's our old team. It's named after our old team. It does help support veterans. It's a veteran owned business. It is a friend of mine. It's a friend of Alan's. Um, he's a good guy and I want to support him. So go to dot com. That's J a C K L coffee.com. Several different blends more to come. They've got a couple of really cool mugs and everything that have our cool little Jackal symbol that we used to have when we were running around in Afghanistan. So wanted to take that chance and put it out there. So awesome. Very good. Yeah, really cool. And honestly, legit. It actually was good. I was, I was so nervous, but I, it's it's actually good. I liked it. I like it a lot. So <laughs> we made fun of him for opening a veteran-owned coffee company, <laughs> but you know, yeah, as we um,
1: should
0: have, as we should. But uh, no, it's it, it's a it's a cool thing. So um, I will hawk that on the reg. Um, if you guys try it, let me know what you guys think because he does want the feedback, um, and feedback's actually good. Things that you don't like, you know, that that gives somebody the opportunity to change. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it's, since we're heading into Halloween, uh, I want to take a second because I want to talk about uh, the hilarity of uh, Hollywood, <laughs> because there's a lot of Hollywood to talk about this week. Um, but one thing I want to point out is, uh, obviously, it's a big time that's fun for scary movies. Personally, uh, we do Spooktober. We watch a scary movie. Uh, we try to watch a scary movie every night uh, because it's fun. I, I I like horror movies. Um But there's, you know, new movies coming out. And one of those new movies is, you know, Halloween has a new um, Halloween Kills. So it's an extension of the Halloween franchise uh, where Michael Myers is back. Um, And there's a couple of things about this movie which are hilarious. I don't know anything about the movie. It's probably really good. But uh, one joke is, is Jamie Lee Curtis was interviewed about Halloween Kills. And somebody asked her, well, what's this movie really about? And she said... Halloween Kills is really about mob violence. It's about things like what we saw on January sixth, where our democracy was under threat by an angry mob. Right
2: I Already don't want to see it.
0: Yeah, right. So uh but well and I, I will help alleviate that concern that you have, Alan. And do you know how I'm gonna do that? Oh. Uh-huh. Halloween Kills wrapped up uh filming in two thousand nineteen. That's uh, that's what we like to call a lie. Interesting. <laughs> it had nothing to do with January 6th because it was done. It was already done and filmed by then. She's just trying to I don't know, virtue signal some garbage. Still stupid, Ridiculous. but to make it even more fun. All right, so Halloween. What <clears throat> what does Michael Myers do, Alan? In the Halloween films.
2: Uh, I imagine murders teenagers.
0: Yeah, he, he kills people, right? Yeah. He just indiscriminately murders people. Okay. In fact, in the, uh, in the preview for the movie, uh, he's in a burning house and it collapses. But then all these like firefighters and stuff show up because there's a house on fire and he kills all of them. Because that's what Michael Myers does. He kills people. But here's a Yahoo News headline. Halloween's bone-chilling villain, Michael Myers, is homophobic in new film. Good. A gruesome murder of a gay couple in Halloween Kills has resulted in some horror fans calling the villain, Michael Myers, homophobic. I just want you to know that Michael Myers can kill everybody he wants But if he kills a gay couple, it's a problem. (laughs) That's what Mm -hmm. I'm getting from this headline. It's okay that he's murdering all of these people, but not the gays. You can't murder a gay couple.
2: Well, I mean, they're a special class of citizens. And, you know, you can't, if if you're killing white people or white men or, you know, rednecks, especially, that's acceptable. But as soon as you have any kind of, you know, as soon as you don't feel any kind of love and you know reverence towards special Americans that's a problem that then you're then you're running afoul of our great egalitarian commie project
0: it's amazing because this comes on the heels of all the whining about there being a lack of lgbtq representation in movies then you kill a gay couple and suddenly it's like, well, I mean not like that though. <laughs>
2: they should have had they should have had Michael Myers be gay.
0: That would be yeah. <laughs> no, be <because laughs> that would cancel every that would cancel everyone's career. Um because the really the hero in every movie now needs to be a gay, black, disabled, transgendered woman who's obese. That's um, the
2: only acceptable.
0: That's truly the uh, hero.
2: Okay. <laughs> it, it truly is the only hero in our modern era. It's um, and that tells you a lot about modern America.
0: <laughs> like now, speaking of Hollywood, the, the mo-
2: modern progressive America, the hero is our gross people with mental illness. <laughs> that is the that is what is being championed as the as the role model that we should all ascribe to be. Not scientists or or astronauts or, you know, great leaders or, you know, Teddy Roosevelt's out there like wrestling rhinoceroses to the ground or conquering the waves or doing, you know, anything like Magellan. No, it's it's the black, gay, tranny, person of color, indigenous person who checks all the boxes and is the most progressive choice. That is the ideal of our society. It's like you know like if if you like put it next to you, like if you had the propaganda posters from World War 1 that show this strong jawed like like count kind of like the Norman Rockwell paintings like the strong jawed like American man out conquering the world that was yesterday's propaganda today that would be it would be probably someone with pink hair in a wheelchair um of undefinable gender and that is the that is the uh, ideal that our society is seeking to encourage and, you know, really, like, drive towards. Like, that's the great ideal we're working towards is the sort of horrifying bug future where there is nothing to fight for and there's nothing to fight over.
0: I can't get over, like, I'm no fan of Jeff Bezos. Um, he's an awful human being. Not because he's Indeed. rich. Uh, but because he's a liberal who votes for Democrats and funds Democrats, um, also you know he owns the Washington Post, which is a progressive rag. Um, that's just propaganda. Mostly,
2: well, so he, he's a billionaire that is spending his billions of dollars to turn the country into something I find horrifying, with the intention with the intention of doing exactly that. Right, Jeff Bezos doesn't like me. He doesn't like what I stand for, and he is using his massive amount of power and wealth to subvert the
0: country into a horrifying new world order dystopia but you want to talk you you were talking about heroes and i'm not saying he's a hero but he did launch people into space recently to include william shatner which regardless of anybody's feelings on anything um yes you do in fact reserve a seat for captain kirk to go into space because and i'm going to say this just specifically um william shatner is the reason why we have so many people involved in space programs. People watched Star Trek and went, I'm going to make that happen. That's undeniable. NASA scientists, rocket scientists, they will all talk about sci-fi like Star Trek being the reason when they were kids that they were like, I don't care what it takes. I'm putting something in space. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, sure. You you save a seat for Captain Kirk, man. I thought it was awesome. Like, yeah, it's a big PR stunt. Have whatever opinion you want. I don't care. The guy deserved to go into, go into space because every damn scientist on the floor knew who he was, watched his show, and got a little tingle. You know for a fact that that happened. So I loved it, and I just wanted to be happy about it. What happens, though? The left whines, why are billionaires sending people into space? We need to tax them more. Oh my God. Like leave it to the left to make putting humans in space, something bad because they weren't donating it to some non-governmental organization, socialist project. Yeah. Because they weren't giving more money to the government to waste on dumb garbage. Mm -hmm. the left can't even be excited about the science they worship so much we put a freaking rocket in space with human beings on it we literally have two billionaires competing to make a reusable rocket so people can live in goddamn outer space and they're going oh but what about social programs
2: well yeah so the thing is you have to understand what, what drives the vast majority of modern progressivism. It's not the idea of elevating humanity towards some ideal is anathema to them. The end product of the the baseline psychology behind the progressive agenda is returning humanity to some sort of algae or ant hive. That is the goal. And that is what they want. They want to destroy anything that is a ideal that invigorates the human spirit and they want us all to live as slime mold that is the, that is the point the point is to annihilate consciousness and striving towards greater things because they want us to all live as equal slime mold so any so in in that case this is totally on on par with the rest of progressivism it's all about destroying things that are great striving exciting things and pushing equality like that's this is this should be no surprise they want us to live as horrifying slime mold in a bug hive they don't like anything that is exceptional it is anti-exceptional it's not it's anti-american exceptionalism it's anti-personal exceptionalism i mean it's the, that's just progressivism that's what it is. It's, it is about achieving a state of perfect peace and harmony by destroying everything that elevates human beings above that of mold.
0: Yeah, it's, it's insane to me that you're whining about somebody putting a rocket into space because you want the government to take more of their money so they can give $500 million to the Kennedy Center so a bunch of elitist liberals can sit there sniffing their own farts listening to classical music.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's a it is a mental contagion that is driving humanity away from is driving humanity back into the sea. It's driving evolution into the mud and it is a psychological <clears throat> contagion.
0: Now. Since we talked a little bit about Hollywood before I went on my tangent about space. Um, more stuff from Hollywood. I. Uh, all right. I need to preface this so people don't get upset because I, I want people to understand, like, look, I know our audience are very nice people and they're just they're just nice people. And I get that. And I'm not saying anything about being a nice person. So I need to be careful because people get very reactionary. Um, I am so tired Of watching conservative commentators rush to defend rich liberals to virtue signal how compassionate they are. That's not a dig against compassion. That's not a dig against being nice. But there is absolutely a different economy that I'm seeing and it is pissing me off. So let's start with Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle made some jokes about transgenders, and people got upset. And this result... (laughs) Liberals. Liberals got upset. Okay. And Netflix employees held a protest because Netflix refused, but by the way, Netflix, where Barack Obama sits on the board, refused to take down the Dave Chappelle special. Good, so Netflix employees decided to protest. Look, I'm a fan of free speech. I don't think Dave Chappelle's special should be taken down. Comedy is supposed to bother people. It's part of what makes it funny like it's It's supposed to kind of jibe at you. That's the whole point. Woke comedy sucks, which is why woke comedians uh don't get very far, but I digress. Sure. First of all, let's talk about the protest. Several Netflix employees went out and they went to protest and they were all mad. There was a YouTuber uh, named Vito Gesualdi who was out there holding up a sign that said, I like Dave and saying things like comedy should be funny. And this, you guys have probably seen the videos. You can find them on social media of this dude just having psychotic activists screaming in his face just losing their minds because he dared say i like dave and it was funny like the whole thing was a bit it was him being as benign as possible and showing just how deranged these activists are because they are because it always it always becomes violent understand this these activists everything that they are told is not agreeing with them is violence Yep, There are people literally saying the transgender community is facing a holocaust in this country. Not agreeing with transgenderism, holocaust. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these people are going to be violent and psychotic because they've been programmed. They've been told silence is violence. So yes, these people are unhinged. Now, I don't think Dave Chappelle should have been canceled. I don't think he should get in trouble. I think it's stupid for all of these conservative commentators to rush out there and talk about how great Dave Chappelle is. Oh, save Dave Chappelle. Oh, he's so... Free speech, free speech. Let them fight. Dave Chappelle is a liberal. Dave Chappelle didn't do anything to stop... When the inconvenient comedians were getting canceled.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Dave Chappelle Nor will is upset he. because he's getting canceled. But he wasn't upset when conservative comedians were getting canceled. He probably was happy about it.
2: Yeah. Half of his set is ranting against white people.
0: Yeah, it's it racial is, politics. He promotes...
2: He is a person that promotes the left-wing agenda, therefore he is an enemy, and why would I care when bad things happen to an enemy?
0: But at the same point, at at, at the same prospect, he's the victim of something he himself created. The writing's been on the walls for years, man. His last comedy special, he had problems with. Now, maybe... maybe. Maybe because sometimes this is a thing. Maybe it's okay. Like maybe he's not worried at all because he's like half. Ah, I mean, it's publicity and publicity is great. Like, you know, publicity is not bad. There's no such thing as bad publicity when you're trying to sell a product like this. So maybe he's, his sales are through the roof and who cares? But the point is, is at a certain point I'm tired of defending people who are going to just turn around and slap me in the face. Yeah. At what point does our compassion become giving money to the drug addict bum on the street? You're not helping anybody. Your charity is useless. In fact, your charity is exacerbating a problem. Yeah. And I'm not saying this because I give a crap about Dave Chappelle one way or the other he is a liberal. He doesn't agree with us. He supports a lot of things that are anathema to what I think makes this country function well. But at the, yeah. same, at the same side of it, I see an absolutely far more vociferous defense of Dave Chappelle than I saw of right-wing comedians from people on the right. Yeah. And you know why? Because it's popular mm-hmm. to defend Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's a good guy to liberals. And you see what I'm doing here is Dave Chappelle is liked by a lot of people on the left. And if I defend him, the left will see how good a person I am. But if I defend a right-wing comedian, well, he said some icky stuff. And then liberals will say that I agree with icky stuff. And so I'm not going to do it. So it was never yeah. about free speech.
2: Yeah. See, I think that this speaks to kind of the difference in whatever you want to call the conservative movement, because I would imagine you, me, probably the vast majority of our audience are all in agreement of screw Jave Chappelle. I don't care when bad things happen to him. The left is eating their own good. So I think the vast majority of of people anymore are not the people that you're upset about. Oh,
0: certainly. Not. And, but no, there no, no. is Sorry. this
2: legion of case. there is this group of people that are essentially traitors on the conservative right-wing side that will go out and continually shill for all of these left-wing things because they want to, for whatever dumb reason, but it, I don't know. I don't think that that's a, I, I think that that's simply like people with a big platform, not the vast majority of our audience.
0: No, no, no. It's certainly not. Uh, um, yeah, th- that is a good clarification to make. Um, the majority of people, uh, Absolutely A, either don't care about this or B you're like, yeah, who who gives a crap? It's liberals eating their own. They get what they deserve. So you're a hundred percent correct in in that um evaluation. Um my what who I am speaking of are uh right wing commentators that are attempting to change that opinion. By okay. basically putting out statements like You know, oh, like, no, we should support Dave Chappelle because free speech is of the utmost importance. I'm so tired of the tribalism that comes from Trump's Republican Party that, like, standing up for Dave Chappelle is a bad opinion. I'm going to stand up for free speech. And do these,
2: and would, do you think that people in our audience listen to these people and think they have any credibility?
0: Well, we're talking about large names. You know, this is Ben Shapiro, Glenn Beck, Eric Erickson. Um yeah. the, these are the large let let me let me rephrase it. It became the it became the popular talking point for everybody in conservative media to bring up Dave Chappelle and to talk about how stupid the Netflix employees were doing. And I understand that from the guise of look at how dumb Netflix is being. They're attacking Dave Chappelle because he made a joke about transgenders. Mm-hmm. And so I get I, I get that. But then it started to go a little bit beyond that, to where it was the only thing they were talking about. And it's one thing to point out, look at look at the silly liberal activists getting all upset over a comedian making a joke. And it's a completely different thing when it becomes everything that was Monday, to the Monday and Tuesday broadcasts of every major uh, conservative talk show, mm-hmm. just going on and on and on about. Dave Chappelle getting canceled and people trying to cancel Dave Chappelle. And there's a line like, I get it. Make fun of the libs. Ha ha. They're all upset. You know, trigger warning, safe space. Get, you know, whatever, uh, you know, take that libs. But then they just kept talking about it. And to me, that feels like it's an obsession over wanting to shill because overall, I think it comes from the place of. Look at how compassionate I am, liberals. I'm defending one of your guys because I'm so consistent. Mm. Because I have a better yeah. example beyond the Dave Chappelle thing. Because that one's pretty easy. Um, I just got tired of how much I saw people still talking about it. Because, to be honest, I didn't care. The left's eating their own. Why do I give a shit? Right? Right. But... Beyond that, where it became more pronounced was with Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. because I would have complained about the ship house stuff earlier. Now, when we take the Alec Baldwin thing, I've seen a pattern now that I can present to you that might make you understand more. I have a question, real quick. Uh huh.
2: Do any of the people you're complaining about have any credibility? Yes. Well, I mean, what do you mean? I mean, are these the exact same never Trump conservatives that we complain about all the time?
0: No, 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 no. It's, it's going, it's going, it, this isn't like Bill Crystal and stuff like that. The, these are like show hosts that people do listen to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. If it was never Trumpers, it's like, of course, they're defending liberals. They're, they're funded by them. Um <laughs> No, th- these are, sure. you know, th- this is, th- these are actual conservative commentators that aren't never Trumpers, but they're all starting to show that dumb pattern of, I oh, if I show how sympathetic I am, whatever. um, I don't know where like Dan Bongino sits on it. He's got a large show, but these are, you know, the Ben Shapiro's of the world, right? Okay. I mean, we have to acknowledge him as being at least somewhat credible. He has a huge show. That is yeah, listened to by. But he
2: was also pretty never Trump, and I feel like <laughs> we already we've feel like we've already covered like whatever Ben Shapiro like says, just
0: ignore it and do the opposite. <laughs> well, to give you the the concept here, so I don't care a lot about this story because there's not a lot of information. Um, Alec Baldwin was on the set of his movie Rust. Uh, he negligently discharged a firearm and it killed a cinematographer and wounded a director.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Those are the facts that we know. Yep. Aside from that, it's all supposition and people trying to surmise. I'm not going to go in depth about gun safety aside from the fact that I'm not shocked that in Hollywood where uh, they hate guns, except for apparently when they want to film with them, um, they don't think that any of you should own guns because you're not responsible. They also think that they should rule you. Because they all believe they're smarter than you. Right. So just. That's that's it. Right there. Um, I'm not shocked. Uh, that. Something stupid happened on a Hollywood set involving a gun. I'm not shocked that nobody took it seriously. Because they probably don't even hire people. That know anything about guns to teach about them or handle them because you would have to get a guy who has an accent that immediately in Hollywood says he's a big dumb idiot. So right. weird. A bunch of people in gun restricted California don't know what the hell they're doing with firearms. Not even a news I mean, story.
2: I don't want to shill for Alec Baldwin here, but apparently the story is it was a single action revolver. So already a little bit more complicated to, ch- to deal with, maybe I don't know. Uh, and he was handed this gun and told this was a cold gun that was not loaded. Now maybe he should have checked it, but if you're unfamiliar with with handling firearms, and the prop master who you trust says, "Here's a gun that's not loaded. Don't worry about it," I can understand how these accidents would happen.
0: Right, and and that that is that it's it's a at least a um, legitimate stance to take. With the information we currently have,
2: right, and apparently this same firearm was being used for recreational target practice during filming, and essentially that's how a a live round was still left in the chamber, supposedly.
0: Right. Issue being statements that come from cops, statements that are coming from journalists. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not jumping in. On it. I just. I didn't go that in depth because. I can't verify any of this. Um, Yeah. But I'm sure we will find out more information. The point is Alec Baldwin got attacked by people because Alec Baldwin is a dick. Yeah. He is an extremely hateful person. He consistently calls for anybody who's to the right of Stalin, to basically be jailed, starved, and murdered. He regularly crapped on the vast majority of Americans because he thinks that he's part of some elite royal noble class. And he's a complete jerk. And he's never given up the opportunity to go out there and crap on any time a firearm Happens to be used in something. He consistently attacks anybody who's who's pro-gun. All of these things. So, of course, when he's involved in an accident with a firearm, people on social media are absolutely going to point out how much of a dick he's been. Some people might see it as karma.
2: yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's... uh I don't understand why anyone would shill for Alec Baldwin because it's not – he probably it's, – it's not like he necessarily did anything. It's not like he intentionally murdered these people. I—it It is a accident, but it's a great accident to just guffaw at and embarrass someone that hates me. So and, – and someone who has routinely had an anti-gun stance. It's hilarious. Like Alec Baldwin tweeted out at one point – to some officer-involved shooting, like what's it feel like to murder somebody in cold blood? And then everyone goes goes like, "Ha! What does it feel like, Alex? Tell us, Alex. Tell us what it's like." So, I don't understand. that doesn't. I don't understand why you'd feel any need to shill
0: for Alec Baldwin in this. Right, and and this is part of what I'm what I'm uh, kind of driving at. So yeah, people. Okay, Twitter is a cesspool. Social media in general is a cesspool. It is where people go to vent their most visceral opinions. If you right. haven't figured this out yet, you should probably get the hell off social media. Yeah. But what's happening is, yeah, a lot of people are sharing that tweet of like, what's it feel like to, uh, what's it feel like to accidentally kill somebody? What's it feel like to like murder someone in cold blood? Whatever the tweet was. Um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. People are going, I don't know, Alec, let me know. And so I mean, what's happening that's now funny is you get a bunch of, you get some of these conservatives that come out and go like, it is absolutely disgusting to attack Alec Baldwin. He's a victim in this too. Who? Who is saying this? Oh, uh, I mean, do you really want me to like have to pull up tweets and stuff? No, no I
2: mean, just, it seems like just a ridiculous, it's so ridiculous. I, I'm i curious. Is this, is this someone serious or is this just somebody venting like his social media is a cesspool?
0: Oh, these are, these are, so the, the long story short on it is it became the semi-popular thing in the intelligence, uh, the intelligentsia of the conservative movement. A lot of conservative writers is it's gross. Um, it, 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 yeah, basically it's, it's gross to go after, uh, Alec Baldwin. It's gross to drag him through the mud.
2: It's the same people that are like, basically like we should be taking, basically it's the, the the conservative movement people said like we should always be taking the high road. Yes, we should always have the moral superiority. You know, blah blah blah. Like these the same people that didn't like Trump because of mean tweets. Like because you know we sh- we're we're better than that. We're, this is not who we are as a movement. Those people. Yeah. Okay. So the losers is what you're telling
0: me. Like for an individual person to not like it. I understand. Like I, I don't take any joy in what occurred. Um, I actually like legitimately. I do. I feel bad for Alec Baldwin. This is awful. Like I, I he. I'm sure he's in a terrible place right now. Like it I mean, was in. Accident. Screw him. But at the same point, it's it's hard for me to feel compassion for somebody who literally has said that they want me dead. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, somebody who you know, like, and th- you you have to understand. Like, I'm not saying I like this discourse. I wish it yeah. didn't exist, but this is the same person who says that everybody that was involved in the January 6th protest should be thrown into a prison and given quote special treatment. In other words, just beaten and starved to death,
1: right?
0: Because they're all terrorists. So yeah, I don't right. feel bad. I, do, I just don't. I don't. And mm-hmm. this the it's one thing for somebody to be like, "Look, I don't like it. I think it's I I'm not going to partake in, you know, attacking Alec Baldwin." I totally understand that. For people with audiences to basically come out and say, to basically always have to come out and say like, I'm going to stand here and defend this liberal. I know for a fact it's because of this dumb virtue signaling of the really, really the greatest thing about the right wing is the fact that we are just so compassionate and we're always going to be here to give a hug and a kiss to somebody who's going to turn around and spend millions of dollars to call me a Nazi. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. It should. And the fact of the matter is, the, the real reason why this bothers me, if Joe Sixpack had a negligent discharge and killed somebody, not one person in the media is going to say he's a victim too. In fact, yeah. you would get dragged for saying it. So, so to like Colleen's point, because she's on the side that she thinks it's inappropriate to just pile onto Alec Baldwin right now. It's the non-reciprocal
2: nature essentially is what you're saying. It's that like there is a side of the conservative movement that wants to be as nice and gracious and take the moral high road with the left all the time. But no amount of doing that is ever going to cause them to reciprocate in kind. And therefore it is,
0: it is a useless gesture well it it's a little bit beyond that my actual point here was like i said with the whole joe six-pack thing that's regular american negligent discharge kills somebody terrible mm-hmm. no one not conservative not liberal no one would dare say that that person's also a victim they would get destroyed <sighs> For saying yeah. that the difference is the only difference. Alec Baldwin is a celebrity. That's if you want to get to the heart of why I'm bothered by it. That's why it has nothing. I mean, there is some of the reciprocal nature stuff that does bug me. The constant shilling for celebrities does bother me. Yes. The reality of it is you is watching these people, whether they're conservative or liberal, giving special treatment because someone's a celebrity. Because if i nd a firearm and killed somebody, not a single person's going to say, he's a victim too. Think of what he has to live with. Everyone's response is good. That's what he gets for being dumb with a gun. Yeah. That would be the response. It would be the popular response. It would be the okay response. And anyone who said that I'm a victim too would get destroyed for saying it. Sure. And that's what you laughed out, me. laughed out of the room. And if you can't recognize that, then you don't understand regular America and you need to stop commenting on it, which is the primary source of how conservatives speak to their audiences. You right. need to know that your audience would never get that kind of special treatment, not even from you. So why does Alec yeah. Baldwin get it? Alec Baldwin gets it because he's a celebrity because sometimes people chuck chuckled at his Saturday Night Live performances because conservatives really liked The Hunt for Red October.
2: I mean it was a pretty sweet movie, You can't say.
0: But that's why. And that's what bugs me is I want I, I honestly I just want to see conservatives defend their own supporters the way that they defend rich liberals. That's all I'm asking for. I know that this was really convoluted. A lot of it was me kind of venting my spleen. But in reality, I just want to see. I just want to see them support their own people the way that they support rich liberals. But they won't. Fair enough. No, they won't. I saw right wing comedians get absolutely bashed and barely got the kind of coverage that Dave Chappelle did. And I'm just asking the question, why? Why? Why does Dave Chappelle get more priority? Okay, we'll give you a good example. We interviewed the guy years ago, yep. um, Owen Benjamin. Yep. Yeah. Owen Benjamin
2: was banned from even performing at venues. Like, he would set up a se- a venue almost in secret, and then a outrage mob would call the venue and threaten violence, and then the, the venue would would turn him down. I mean, and this happened all across the country. Like it, they tried to destroy the guy's career at the most personal level possible, and I didn't hear a single conservative voice speak out and try to bring attention to bring attention to that or demand some accountability or at all support him in any way. Like that was pretty ridiculous. But then the same people will then shill for Dave Chappelle. Now, granted, he's a Dave Chappelle is a bigger name, I guess to know and Benjamin and yeah, but still like when's the last time any of these conservative commentators bent over backwards to try and help out someone on the conservative side that gets attacked by the leftist outrage mob. There is a disproportionality there that is very frustrating and shocking. Mm-hmm. It, it reveals a lot more about where a lot of these people like Ben Shapiro and these mainstream conservatives it it reveals where their heads at when you see who they decide to shill for and who they decide to be silent on.
0: Well, and some of this, like I I'll give an excuse to a lot of a lot of these people. It's it's because the news, right? It's where they, they they get their news, the same place the rest of us do. And so this is a bigger story, bigger celebrity, bigger story, what have you. I just want them to be normal to acknowledge that the media. Is trying to set specific narratives. And I just want them to kind of like, I, I I guess, I guess this is really it is. Why don't these conservatives do this self-assessment? And as like Colleen saying in our chat, be the one that stands up to defend the little man. Isn't that supposed to be your point?
2: Obviously that's not their point. Or they're just, they obviously have a very different agenda than that.
0: Right, they they'll say it, but then when it comes down to actually doing it, they won't. Yes. And it's 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 infuriating because I want to like I see people do some some good things like we know about the Loudoun County thing. This isn't all in a vacuum, and I understand that. It just honestly feels, and especially given the last you know nine months, ten months. It feels like conservatives won't rush out to defend their own supporters. I see so many people who claim to be conservatives that are the first to knee-jerk react and rush to a camera to disavow some conservative because CNN said they did a bad thing. We watched Ben Shapiro initially like tweets that were condemning the Covington kids. And then you know, within a matter of days, oh no, I'm supporting them. I've started a fund. I've done, a- yeah, okay. But you let CNN color like color your perception. They did the same thing on January 6th. Liberal media said it was an awful riot. Oh, it's so terrible, and they all rushed out. Oh, I just, oh, it's unbelievable. Oh my god, somebody must pay. And now, as everyone said, now we see all of this information coming out. It was all bullshit. No cops were killed. None of this happened. And it it comes down to the fundamental issue of don't preach to me for the last 20 years of my life to not trust the media. And then you react to the media that we're not supposed to trust. We all agreed not to trust them. Yeah. But if CNN says something, you're like, well, gospel must be true. I don't understand. I don't know. It's a silly rant. I know. And I apologize if you all were bored by it.
2: Well, it's just... Yeah. It is obvious... It has been obvious to me for quite some time now that a lot of people like Ben Shapiro and and many of these conservative commentators are invested a lot more in their career than they are invested in actually making positive change in the country and fighting the culture war to reclaim stolen ground. They are the reason... They are a big reason why conservatism has failed to conserve anything because they are not focused on actually conserving things. They're focused on either their career or their image or these other more ephemeral things. And I have thus learned to just ignore these people entirely because they never have anything valuable to add to the conversation. They are controlled opposition at worst, and they are a distraction at best.
0: Which is, by the way, interesting that you bring that up, Um, because a common conservative argument in 2015 heading into the election when Trump first presented his uh, I'm going to put tariffs on China. The common conservative argument was, well, that's just ridiculous. We don't like we outsource the dummy labor to China. We want to be making laptop computers, not making T-shirts. That's silly. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, Your bare shelves at the grocery store are because we outsource to China. Right. Conservatism should always come... If you want to talk about rugged individualism as being a conservative value, rugged individualism means non-dependency on outside entities. If we want to be rugged individualists as a nation then this nation needs to be self-sufficient. And anyone who says that they're conservative and is rallying against a nation being self-sufficient is arguing against conservatism. Yeah. Because conservatism does not marry itself to whatever gets that extra 3% profit for giant globalist corporation. Oh, that, by the way, will fire employees for voting the way I tell them to. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I want, I'm going to shill for the profit margin of globalist corporation that would fire an employee for sharing my podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's how it, that's how it's thoroughly it feels right now. <laughs> thoroughly ridiculous.
0: Let's see here. Um, oh, uh, disinformation is going to be a fun one. Uh, th- this is a mm. CNN headline and it's my favorite. It's my favorite ever. Uh, this was released on Friday, and it is people vaccinated against COVID nineteen less likely to die from any cause. Study finds. Awesome.
2: Science. I feel like this is um, a selection mechanism. Yeah. Like, people vaccinated against COVID nineteen. Okay. What? What else do those people have in common? Is it a terror, terrifying fear of doing anything risky? Like, the people that have been, like, terrified into getting this COVID vaccine are probably also the people that are staying indoors and doing
0: absolutely nothing with their lives. Well, there's more to it than that. All right, it's actually okay. simpler. It's simpler than that. A large amount of people are vaccinated. Yeah. I, like, yeah,
2: it's a horrifying percentage of the population now has... Who know? God knows what big pharma mystery juice floating around in their veins. <laughs> it who knows what that does? Who knows what that does in ten years? Maybe it's maybe everything's fine. Maybe the the society is crippled by cancer and infertility. Who knows? It, we don't know. There has no been no testing done. Hooray! We're we are like you know what? Every day you wake up, just think to yourself. You know, my life might not be going great. It might not ha- might not have the meaning that I want it, but. At least I get to participate, whether I'm part of the control group in the the unvaccinated control group or in the vaccinated uh, experimentation group. I get to participate in the biggest medical
0: experiment in human history. So, you know, we all got that going for us. (laughs) I just can't get over that. A news organization that screams that they listen to the experts and that they believe in the science is releasing this blatant a propaganda. I mean, is the takeaway from this that not only will the vaccine protect you from COVID, but it protects you from other things too?
2: I hope so. I hope that's the uh, the takeaway.
0: What else are you supposed supposed to interpret from that headline? Like, people... (laughs) The very few people who read CNN, but we should care about them too.
2: No. I mean, are they really people at this point?
0: The very few people who read CNN.
2: The changed. were, were told, turned, as I like
0: to say. <laughs> we're told to trust them because science. And then yeah. they go out and they say the COVID-19 vaccine, like people who got the COVID-19 vaccine Die, like, died at a less rate than other people. Right. Like, sorry, less likely to die from any cause. Less likely Mm -hmm. to die from any cause. You are literally telling people that if they get vaccinated, they'll live longer. (laughs) Like, this is the kind of thing that, like, people make fun of soda companies in the fifties for right. Like, Oh, you, you know, the less likely to die of really anything. If you get the vaccine, like why this goes back to the thing that you always bring up. Why do you need to sell this, this hard?
2: That's a really good question. And I have, do not have a good answer for you. I, uh, It's no. I think that the effort that is being put behind the movement to get every single man, woman, and child injected with this thing is so disproportionate to the realities we see that it makes me very suspicious, and it should be a huge red flag for everybody. If you're telling prisoners that they can have, or if you're telling felons they can have their record expunged and they get a free pizza. If they come and get the covid vaccine, that's really suspicious and that's really bizarre and doesn't and makes no sense. If you're if you're doing any of these things, if you're willing to suffer a countrywide series of strikes that cripple the infrastructure of your country, that destroy businesses, that ruin the profit margins of things that I mean, because we've seen it with airlines. Police departments, if you're doing things that cause your police department to quit in Moss, that cause fire de- fire departments to get gutted, that cause trucking companies to lose half their people. If you're doing all of that stuff and you're doing and like, it doesn't – I don't understand the benefit. The benefit that I'm told of the COVID vaccine that doesn't stop transmission, that doesn't stop infection, that doesn't stop you from dying, that at best – makes covid less impactful on on individual people. None of this makes any sense at all. And the only answer that I can come up with that actually makes sense is that the covid vaccine does something different than what I'm being told it does, because that's the only thing that makes that's logical. It's only it's the only thing that we're left with to view as reasonable because it's so on the the mass vaccination program is so ludicrous and unreasonable, especially as every day we're getting more and more data, and there's more and more strikes, and it's causing more and more strife in the country. It starts becoming so unreasonable for the tiny benefit that it seems to gain that I am left with either everyone in charge is completely insane, and this is, and they are risking everything for some bizarre little like soundbite of saying we vaccinated all Americans. Or there's some much more nefarious purpose to the vaccines. I don't know which it is anymore because it's so crazy. Now, maybe it's all just a big pharma money grab because, like we talked about last time, Pfizer is the fifth largest owned stock by congressmen and senators. So maybe – I mean and anything that's making billion, hundreds of billions of dollars is going to be called safe and effective. Even then, that still seems bizarre because Pfizer stock isn't owned – By all of these other people that are pushing vaccine mandates, that are pushing back mass vaccination programs, that are pushing all the things like all of these low-level functionaries and people in companies that are disparate are not benefiting from the Pfizer stock. So there almost feels like there has to be something more spreading this messaging and pushing it so irresponsibly hard. Yeah. Anyway, there's just so many red flags about the whole vaccine
0: program that I I just – can't possibly trust it. I mean, the simple answer, aside from, you know, go, going down a rabbit hole and, and, and you know, get, getting more deeper into a, a actual conspiracy mm-hmm. is they just want. They just want to say that all of these people are vaccinated, declared as a victory for Joe Biden, and then they'll just stop reporting numbers. It doesn't matter if a million more people die of covid. They won't yeah. report it. But the thing is, they could already just do that right now. Yeah, that is the
2: hard part, right? Like, as opposed to risking all of the political fallout from doing these vaccine mandates and holding on to this stuff to cripple that that is crippling the country. Like if you were the Democrats and you were smart, you would push out quietly all this messaging of stop talking about vaccines, start declaring covid over, start declaring covid successful Uh, And then just tell every hospital, like, listen, like, everything's now the flu. If it's COVID, it's just the flu. And we'll say it's a bad flu year, but uh, everything's fine and we'll go back to normal. If you were the Democrats right now, I feel like I would be trying as hard as possible to go back to the status quo because pushing the things that they're pushing are only seeming to radicalize more and more people and cause problems that they don't need. Which is why if they're causing problems for themselves that they don't need, it's. It means that there is another agenda that is making all of those problems worthwhile to them. And well, that at, is
0: makes me worried. Look at how successful an election they had using COVID as a reason to change laws that they found inconvenient without ever having to put them in front of state legislatures. Exactly. There is some
2: there with the amount of control that the Democrats have over the media and over academia and science, et cetera. But the amount of control they absolutely do have over that, the fact that they are continuing to make COVID a big problem and continuing to push a very divisive and a very divisive mass vaccination program, it means that there is some benefit to all of that that is greater than the huge negatives that is just of destroying their own credibility. Because I think it is obvious, at least to me, and I hope to everyone that COVID has been a radicalizing thing, or at least the Democrat response to COVID has been very radicalizing to people, and it has completely destroyed the credibility of the Democrat Party, of the medical establishment, of science in general, of the UN, of the WHO, of the CDC. And if they're willing to risk all of that, it means there is some huge, huge benefit that they're hoping to reap. And I don't know what that benefit necessarily is, but it makes me very concerned. Whatever is worth it, whatever is worth it to them so much that they're willing to risk all of this by pushing this, all these narratives about COVID. It means that that big win that they're hoping to get from this should make us all very, very concerned.
0: Well, and unfortunately, we only have you know two minutes left. But <clears throat> speaking of the medical establishment. This isn't an unpopular opinion. It's just a little bit of a different angle of an opinion. Um there was an investigation that was released that Dr. Fauci's uh group um the National Infectious Disease and uh, National Infectious and Allergy Disease whatever whatever it is. I'm sorry I can't remember the acronym. Mm-hmm. But basically Dr. Fauci sponsored a a test where they took beagle puppies and locked their heads in mesh cages and had them eaten alive by flies they were sedated while this was happening does that make not it, that it makes <laughs> not that, it doesn't make it that much better but it I makes mean, it i mean a modicum it's still at least at least we know that it wasn't dr fauci like doing it and being like yes uh um, i mean i don't know that that's not that wasn't happening i guess um I have no idea what they were researching. Um, The speed at which a
2: bunch of these insects will flens the flesh from the skull of a puppy? I don't know.
0: So, um, but they were doing it, and it's horrifying. Uh, Absolutely.
2: If you need to do, like, horrifying animal testing, maybe don't do that thing. Yeah, yeah, like... Like We need to test this uh, drug and we need to inject a whole bunch of puppies with it. Maybe just don't, maybe that drug's not worth it. Maybe, maybe, maybe if if you're that concerned, maybe just don't do it.
0: The part that bothers me, I'm not saying that this isn't horrifying. I'm not diminishing what's happening. I I think it's absolutely awful. It's completely ghoulish and it just shows the absolute disregard for life and anything wonderful with these psychopaths I will say this much I'm going to be pretty pissed off if this is how they get Fauci I'm going to be happy that they got Fauci that he's finally gone but I'm going to be pretty pissed off that like he was able to basically enslave every American to this psychopathy that we've been going through for a year and a half But he hurts a couple of beagle puppies and that's what ends him. It feels a little backwards to me. That doesn't mean that what he did to beagle puppies isn't absolutely awful and probably means that he's a serial killer. But I definitely feel like enslaving every American to insane psychopathic rule should have been kind of the first warning sign and not like, oh, it's fine that you guys lost all of your rights, but what about the puppies? It just bothers me. I mean, I don't care if it gets him, but... yeah. It just...
2: You notice this with literally everything, though, is humans being inhuman to other humans oftentimes is ignored. Humans being cruel to animals generates a much... And I, I mean, I didn't see it with myself cruelty to animals will essentially trigger a, a an emotional response more than uh in to my fellow man.
0: Uh you know And you I don't
2: know I don't know why that exactly is, but that is a real
0: phenomenon. You are absolutely correct. Um that is a very good point to make. Um well, I mean there is there, there's a great reason for it. Um animals are innocent. And hurting them makes you an awful person. It's also the surest sign that if somebody can hurt an animal, a defenseless, innocent animal, you know, like a puppy, um, then they are absolutely going to hurt you. It, it shows sure. a complete lack of compassion um, that we need as humans in a culture to survive. And, and so so that that is a good point. Um but i kind of feel like this sort of like where was literally anybody saying uh this is a bad idea and this guy shouldn't be in charge of anything because when it comes to people he's going to show even less compassion because as you said we do show less compassion for other people compared to puppies so if this guy is going to like put puppies in a cage and have them eaten alive by I- insects what's he going to do to a person yeah yeah but yeah but that's I mean, going to be it for the show we'll yeah. we'll get deeper into it um if if more stuff comes out uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, otherwise, I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. Have a great week, everybody.